0: As my channel edges at crossing 200,000 subscribers, I have to be sober, take an honest assessment that one of the reasons we've grown so much is that I've called out notable speakers such as Stephen Furtick, Joel Osteen, Mike Todd, and John MacArthur. As you can see, I'm kind of an equal opportunity kind of guy. But that leads to a delicate question and attention that I think a lot of YouTube creators find themselves in, mainly, is call out culture compatible with being a follower of Jesus? I'll be addressing some myths that are often Often associated with calling out problematic leaders And we'll be looking at two passages of scripture That seemingly take a polar opposite stance On this very important issue I'm going to be giving you guys some of my thoughts On if call out culture is compatible There's going to be two passages that I want to look at That I think you guys will walk away with pretty inspired and encouraged and some biases that we have with regards to how we perceive certain people. So let's just jump into a couple of myths regarding call out culture. I think one of the first myths is it's something that's always done out of selfish ambition. Here, I get the accusations. You're doing this for views. You're doing this for AdSense. You're doing this for X, Y, and Z. But they never take the opportunity to go poke around my channel and see the vast majority of my content actually has nothing to do with calling out pastors. It just happens to be the videos that get serviced by YouTube. But there's Quite a few other videos, which I'll point to later, where you could see them performing very well that have nothing to do with a Stephen Furtick, a Mike Todd, a Joel Osteen, but more on that later. Another one is that it's personal. Seldom is addressing a concern on a public platform personal. Seldom is it a attack, an ad hominem attack, where you're going after somebody because you have an issue with them. Or if I'm frankly honest with you, the folks that I've addressed, I personally like them. Like I like their personality. I think they're interesting to listen to, and they're probably folks that I would enjoy their company with in person. the last two is that it's frequent. It's not frequent in the scriptures, which we're going to look at, and it's not frequent on my channel, at least. Can't speak for other channels, okay? And uh, the last one is that, oh, it's just out of being a hater, or it's out of hate, which is, I think, a form of bias that I'll, I'll get into in terms of what we're doing and what we're approaching this. So let me go to a couple passages of scripture that I think it's important. important. Important for us to look at. The first one is Philippians chapter 1, verse 15. Now here Paul is writing and he says in Philippians 1, verse 15, he says, It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. There's some folks here and they're preaching Christ and and being almost a detriment to the apostle Paul, who's writing the church in Philippi. And he's saying they're preaching from false motives. They're preaching from motives that aren't congruent with what we would have a minister of the gospel preach. But he says, you know what? I rejoice that at least Christ is being preached, that at least Christ is being proclaimed. And so the question is, when we're addressing someone, are we addressing someone that's preaching the gospel? iate, but maybe not doing it the way I would like it to. Maybe I don't know their motives. Maybe I don't like some of the aesthetic. Or is it something that is being preached that's an incomplete gospel that is omitting certain things from the gospel that is intentionally trying to soften some of the hard parts of the gospel? And I think this is where we would put something like uh, a Joel Osteen, right? Where he's kind of intentionally omitting concepts like repentance and sin and so on and so forth. And he's softening it because from his paradigm, extending a good faith argument to him, which we're going to come back to, extending a good faith argument to him is saying, hey, I think he means well, I just think he's in error. By preaching an incomplete gospel, whether it's Furtick gleaming some problematic stuff from Richard Rohr and some little God theology, I think it's interesting that we'll look the other way. This is what I mean. I feel like some form of value has been expressed to me by a leader, an author, a pastor, a social media influencer. I will often look the other way in the rest of their presentation, in their content. I've done this with a lot of different people. And you can get defensive of people. And sometimes some of you guys may even get defensive of me and I really do appreciate it that we create a bias. It's called a confirmation bias that no matter what someone says and corrects and points out to how this is inconsistent, they'll shut their brain down and they'll say, no, this isn't true because this person has added so much value to me in this area. I'll give you guys a, a, a non-Christian example so that I don't come after any of the folks that you are fans of. Someone that, that's added a ton of a ton of value to me is, brace yourself, you might be offended by this. I'm trying to get him on the channel. He said he'd come on, which would be crazy. Is Gary V. Gary V has added a ton of value to me. Okay? And so, with regards to that, I have historically turned a blind eye when people have pointed out problematic things about some of the stuff Gary Vee has said with regards to just hustle culture, with regards to overworking yourself. And I've seen some of the consequences of overworking myself, overdoing it, and it being a detriment on my personal health, right? And then there's been some questionable things he's done with NFTs and what have you. And so I would have a bias and my brain would shut down, but then I had to grow and become objective that yes, even though Gary Vee adds a net positive in many respects, there are some problematic things that he says, and the cool thing about Gary V is that he embraces the criticism, and he presses into the tension in a hard conversation to the point where he took some of his biggest detractors, who were these impersonators of him, and actually brought him up at his V Friends conference. Okay, so what does that mean? That means that in my own life, there's been relationships that I've built that have started out as people genuinely concerned about some things that I've said on this platform that I've then pressed into those conversations, built relationships with those people, and the, and I actually consider them like great friends. And I've went on their channels before and gleaned a lot because not every single person that has something critical to say is necessarily a hater, is trying to take something away from you, is being combative, is being mean. That that isn't the case usually, usually, not all the time, but I'll say usually it's coming from a genuine place. Now we're going to get on to if it's frequent or not, right, and, and, and unpack some of that later. Another type of bias that a lot of us exhibit is that we think that because something is popular, that therefore it has to be good okay so our brains oftentimes can't differentiate between something being popular and effective with one regard but also potentially problematic this friends is called the bandwagon fallacy when you see something as popular when you see something that is seemingly booming you assume it's good without actually critically thinking through the minutiae right and so this is why as people we tend to be very tribal we tend to have our team we tend to wear our jersey we tend to get behind and this this absolutely falls in line with a lot of what we see on social media Christians we have our guy who's added some value and our brains completely shut down when an actual thing that is problematic is presented so we just shut down and we say oh it's because you're a hater you're doing it for clout you're doing it for this you're doing it for that without really objectively listening to the argument and saying wait is there some merit here i know i have a bias for said influencer said pastor but is there some merit here and i think all of my videos, whether they're about Furtick, whether they're about Joel Olstein, whether it's about Mike Todd, which, by the way, is a very small percentage of the overall output of my channel. And we're going to look at that together in a second. Let's just poke around. Go to videos. Okay. So we have... A uh, last couple of videos, Olstein, right? And then there's a video here about Did I fail Christians by not property properly sharing the gospel? There's another video about me talking to an OnlyFans model. Here's another video about preparing for job loss or market crash. Ex NFL football, football player opens up. This my buddy Jeremy Davis. We had a whole conversation about losing a career in the NFL and how to pivot. Real conspiracy, more verified conspiracy theories that alarm me. 26,000 views. Are we on the verge of collapse? This may shock you. 38,000 views. We have uh, Richard Dawkins admits strong case for God. Not dunking on Richard Dawkins, not dunking on anybody. We have Babylon B confronted by Elon Musk. This is me highlighting that Ray Comfort did a great job on this video, right? Let's keep going. Is we to sin? It's not what you think. Christian perspective on the recent tragedy. Neil deGrasse Tyson shreds atheist TikTok, right? We, we, We can keep going and going and... The majority of this stuff is highlighting things that people care about. Now, if you're getting video service to you for me that only call out your favorite pastors— Uh, That doesn't necessarily mean that I am doing anything wrong. That just means those are the videos that YouTube is showing to you, maybe because there's an overlap with your interest and with what I'm talking about at the time. So I want to make sure that we acknowledge that it's not something that should be done frequently. Galatians chapter two. If you've never read the book of Galatians, check out the book of Galatians. Go read it. This is the apostle Paul the Apostle Paul, okay, who's kind of the the little homie in the faith. Okay, so this is not someone that was around and walked with Jesus during his earthly ministry. He came to faith years afterwards, okay? And he says here, when Cephas, who's Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, this is James' brother Jesus. He used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belong to the circumcision group. Okay, so Peter is hanging out with these Gentile Christians. The Gentile Christians don't follow the ceremonial Jewish law. And, and, and Paul's saying, man, when, when, when he was around these Gentile Christians, he was he was cool and He was chilling. But then the Jewish Christians would come around. And all of a sudden, Peter, he started acting funny when the circumcised group come around right and he says the other Jews join him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy even Barnabas was led astray Barnabas from the book of Acts right he says when I saw that they were not acting in line with what when I saw that they who who's they Peter right the Apostle Peter who walked with Jesus who walked on water. Okay, when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, when I saw someone that had greater status than me acting as if they were not walking in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of all of them, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish custom? So you have Paul, who came to faith after the fact, sees Peter acting out of step with the truth and the fullness of the gospel. And Paul has the gall to confront Peter to his face about something regarding the essentials of the gospel and what, and and then, and then friends, and then he goes on to write about it in scripture. Let that sink in for a second. I'm not saying I'm the Apostle Paul. I'm not saying that Mike Todd or Stephen Furtick, Joe Osteen, or, or Peter, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying that there is a precedent in Scripture that when someone is acting out of pocket, there is a time and a place to publicly address such behavior. It should be infrequent, it should be done out of grace and out of love, but. There is a time and a place for it. And as we know, Paul goes on to take the gospel to the known world. He goes on to write the majority of our New Testament letters. But it goes to show that it isn't just about status, that it isn't on some touch, not the Lord's anointed. Who do you think you are, Ruslan? There's no hierarchy in the kingdom. I can't hold somebody to the scriptural standard of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I, why? Why? Because you deem them superior to me? Because you you think they're on another status? No, no, fam. But I think it really comes down to this notion of if we understand that love for something doesn't just mean shallow puppy love for something. It doesn't just mean an emotional love of like, I love hamburgers. I I love puppies. Okay, that if you love something. You're going to have an equal desire to protect it. And you're going to have an equal desire to stand up when something comes around and threatens it. If you love children, you are going to hate those who abuse children. If you love your wife, you're going to hate anyone that tries to b- threaten your wife. And if you love the gospel, you're going to feel away when you see certain people misrepresenting and, f- and preaching an omitted version of the gospel. If you love fitness... And you know that if A, B, and C happens, you will see results eat in a caloric deficit, go do some compound lifts, eat more high-volume, high-protein, high-nutrient-dense food, cut out the processed stuff, and someone pulls up and starts saying some nonsense about this. Oh, you need to just do blah, 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 blah. It's really about the—and you're like, no, fam. Right. And you see this in other other niches you see, especially in the fitness community. Let somebody come on and say some wild stuff about 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 fitness. They, they're, they're going after him. Right. You, you get a coach, Greg, that'll rebuke. And that's bad. Why? Because these things have implications and consequences. You telling somebody some faulty information could be harmful to them. It's coming from like, I actually am about this preaching this gospel on this platform. Right. And I'm actually about this. And so when I see someone acting out of pocket, I, 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 I can't help but to address it. Because I think it's going to impact other people. How about this? Because I know it's going to impact other people. How about this? Because I know it's going to impact other people because oftentimes those people end up in my DMs telling me about the stories that they have dealing with some of these churches, telling me about the hurt that they've experienced in some of these churches, and that I get to try to figure out how to plug them into another church. I don't come on here and boast about this stuff. Stuff is happening in real life with real people I know really affected by some of these ministries. But I think it all comes down to this idea of courtesy. It all comes down to this idea of courtesy, and this is what I'm saying, Hear me loud and clear, friends. Just just hear my heart here. If only the same courtesy of good faith was extended to the person addressing the issue as the person being addressed, we could actually make some progress. I'll say it again. If only the same courtesy of good faith, meaning I'm going to believe the best about you. I'm going to give you the good faith benefit of the doubt. I'm going to extend that to you. If that was extended to the person addressing issues, As the person being addressed, we can make some progress. Some of y'all do some wild mental gymnastics for your favorite guy. Stephen Ferdinand, he didn't say, I am God Almighty. He was blah, blah, blah. You're doing all kinds. You don't understand. He was, it was poetic. He was speaking in first person, then went to third person, then right back to first person. Like, you're giving him so much benefit of the doubt. But, But you don't understand. When he said, when he said that, he's not, he's motivational. He didn't mean it like that. You really doing some mental gymnastics and extending a ton of courtesy to these people. But if you extended just a, just a tiny bit of that courtesy to me in me making these videos and gave me a tad bit of, hey, you know, maybe Ruslan's not coming from such a mean place. Maybe he's not such a mean place. Maybe, I, you know, I'm believing the best about this guy. Maybe I should extend some of that to Ruslan and, 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 and not hypocritically judging him about, quote unquote, judging people hypocritically. Make that make sense for me, fam. Why? Why do we address these things? Why? Because I think that there's a generation rising up that's done what the purely crafted, politically correct, I'm going to give you the right answers to the questions, and I'm going to have the professional PR team to get me the— I think there's a nation of Christians, a generation of Christians that's, that's rising up, And they want to be spoken to in an authentic way. I'm not saying we need to bow down at the altar of authenticity. I think authenticity needs to submit to truth, Jesus being the truth. But I think there's something where people are are, are tired of the curated, mainstream, let me just not offend anyone, Let let me just keep a very safe version of Christianity that we've seen on these platforms. And I think people want something else. And listen to me, listen to me, I can do better. I can be better with my tone. I can be better with structuring these talks in a way where they're not so impulsive and it's not just all candor and and, and, and the truth takes a back. See, I can do better at that, and I'm going to do better at that. But let's not pretend that, that what, what, we, what, what we've had as the status quo up until this point has been helpful and healthy for the, for the broader representation of Jesus. And if ultimately what we're after, regardless of your political affiliation, denomination, regardless of where you're at on the spectrum, I think what we're ultimately after is, hey, we want to see human flourishing and we want to see Christians flourishing and we want to get behind Christians flourishing in a way that is representing Jesus at scale. And sometimes that requires causing a little bit of the ruffling of the feathers. Sometimes that may require uh, us to be a bit uncomfortable in certain situations and talk about some things that are a little bit taboo. How dare you speak of God's anointed? Fam, you've never even read the book of 2 Samuel to know what that verse means. Go read the book of 2 Samuel and then figure out what that verse means and you realize that that has nothing to do with a pastor that's actually about Saul and him falling from the ministry and, and David sparing his life. And this is why we put together free resources, like a how to study the Bible course. I don't make any money off of that, right? How to study the Bible mastermydevo.com so we can all become biblically literate and grow in our knowledge of doctrine. And by doctrine, it just means teaching. It just means knowledge of understanding. Theology just means the study of God. Some of these words, I'm I'm not trying to sound super deep, right? Like they're hermeneutic. How do you approach the scripture? What is the proper interpretation of scripture, right? When we we get a little bit biblically literate, then we can sniff out the shenanigans. But what we don't want to do and what I don't want to see is people following these ministries and then having their faith shipwrecked because they're told that you're more than a conqueror and you're a champion, and, and, right? And then life punches you in the throat, right? And they don't know how to suffer through the gospel, with the gospel, right? I've seen people impacted by this stuff. So, so, so just extend a little bit of courtesy to me and don't think that I'm, that, that, that I'm coming for people's throat because I have nothing better to do with my time and this is the only way that my... Fam, I was at 100,000 subscribers before I ever mentioned any of these guys by name. And that's a fact. Okay. before I ever mentioned a verdict, before I ever before any of these guys got mentioned by name, I was at one hundred thousand subscribers. So miss me with that. You doing this for you don't know what I'm doing this for because you don't know my heart and you won't extend the same courtesy to me that you're demanding. I extend to people that clearly have a problematic track record. If you guys want to see these videos and you tell me, am I out of pocket with the way I addressed the last Stephen Furtick video or the way I addressed the last Joel Osteen video? I really worked on my tone. I was really trying to be polite and respectful. Those videos are linked up here. I'll see you guys over there.